Richard Butler presents lifestyle, real estate, and investment opportunities with booming South Pacific, opportunities south of the equator. Learn about the unique and voted happiest country in the world, the tax-friendly nation of Vanuatu. This is the Real Estate Opportunity and Lifestyles of the South Pacific podcast, a podcast about personal opportunity and financial prosperity. Hello, I'm Lance Hunt from Melanesian Waterfront Real Estate Limited living in the South Pacific Paradise Island nation of Vanuatu. I have with me online today Richard Butler. He's in Sydney, Australia, and Richard is two times Trade Commissioner for Australia for the Republic of Vanuatu and a successful real estate developer with over 40 years' experience. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Lance, and I wish to say good morning to everybody listening, whether you're in, whether it's good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Of course, we're actually, the podcast that Lance and I do, it goes to America, the United Kingdom, from Lisbon, London, from Tasmania to Tunisia, you name it, we've got people who are listening all around the world to us. It's fantastic when you really think about it, Lance, how the world has changed, and that's one of the things we want to talk about today, isn't it? Yes, indeed. You know, Richard, I realize that most of our listeners are investors. And when you think about it, an investor really is someone who puts money to use. They buy something or they spend it on something that's offering potential profitable returns. I looked it up, you see, uh, as interest. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an investor is someone who puts money to use uh, as interest. Uh, they get a return by interest, income or appreciation in value. So then the question comes up, what's money? Well, everybody thinks they know what money is. But really, it's any circulating medium of exchange. So it could be coins or paper money, or it could be other things like demand deposits or gold or silver, an article or substance, according to the dictionary, used as a medium of exchange or measure of wealth or means of payment. So in fact, money can be all sorts of things and not just the stuff that we carry around in our wallets, but in some countries, they're using things like shells or in Vanuatu, pig's tusks are money. Uh, to this day, they can be used as a medium of exchange. If a local needs to buy a wife, he might have to pay for her with pig's tusks. And of course, the more modern iteration of all this is crypto, cryptocurrency, which according to dictionary is a digital currency of decentralized system of exchange that uses advanced cryptography for security, which is a big mouthful that says it's something that lives in the digital world. So you can put it on a USB stick or you can put it in your phone or you can have it in a computer, but you can't really hold it as is in your hand, the same as money. Nevertheless, you can swap it for stuff, which is what money is, a store of value that you can swap for things. So, Richard, today I think you wanted to talk quite a bit about this subject and how it is affecting us and our changing world. Yes, well, I've got to go back to a little bit of history here. Several years ago, I was approached by a group of people that came to me and said, look, we noticed that you're involved in Vanuatu, and at that point of time, I'd just been appointed a trade commissioner. So this was like 2012, 2013, something like that. And they said to me, look, can you help us out? We're interested in perhaps maybe setting up a new bank in the Republic of Vanuatu. And I said, well, it's a bit limited over there. To set up a bank, you've got to go through a lot of fair 
period of time. I happened to know that there was a bank that had already been set up at that point of time. And I knew that the owners of that bank were interested in selling it. So I rang them and I said, look, I've got some investors that are interested in, in discussing with you the, uh, the purchase of your bank from you. And, uh, and of course, obviously, well, everybody wanted to know who they were, what they wanted it for. And they had explained to me, and that's when I first heard or got an understanding of cryptocurrencies and also of Bitcoin. Now, at that point of time, Bitcoin was worth about $400 a coin or $300 a coin or something like that. And if you don't know that Bitcoin started was the first cryptocurrency and it was started and uh, in fact back the first transaction of bitcoin apparently was at 2 cents a coin for couple of thousand coins or something, somebody bought three pizzas with it. So the guy that bought the three pizzas or accepted the Bitcoin with two cents each is in a thousand coins. Those coins are now worth, as of this morning, about 9,000 USD dollars, which is approximately maybe 14, 15,000 AUD a coin. Uh, so not a bad deal if you've got a thousand of them for two cents each. What would that be worth today? I haven't got the calculator out, but it's a lot of money. So anyway, I'll we basically, that's how we got introduced to it. The arrangement with the bank did not go through, mainly because there was another buyer in the wings with the bank and they purchased it and uh, consequently we were the second people. We came second. We, we were the runner-up. And uh, so consequently, it never went ahead. But it opened up my idea, my concepts and ideas to accepting cryptocurrency as the new as a new future for the exchange of money. And just this last week, I've been reading a few articles that have come out, one from China, as a matter of fact, talking about cryptocurrencies and Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg's request or requirement to actually bring a cryptocurrency called Libra. And its goal was to reinvent money for the internet age. That's really what it's all about. Facebook didn't realize is it didn't realize that its efforts would basically and they would never imagine that it spurred China to try and get there first. But China wants to start replacing the cash that people carry with a digital currency soon, a long discussed project that went into overdrive after Libra was unveiled in June of this year. And Facebook has been fighting to defend its initiative against skeptical regulators and key corporate partners that pulled out of the project, such as PayPal and, uh, and MasterCard. But Beijing's missions um, appear to be moving ahead at full steam. So this is something, 1.4 billion people are in China. So if the Chinese government moving towards a cryptocurrency for their people, for the and for around the world, but it's very different from Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies that enthusiasts have championed for the tools of for the big banks and governments. The state-issued e-currency would help China government know much, much more about how citizens spend their money, giving it some sweeping new powers to fight crime and manage the economy as well as raising privacy concerns. So it's an extraordinary thing that's happening at the present time throughout the world. And we're going to be talking later in this podcast about how we already have cryptocurrency operational that's been operating in Vanuatu already, which is run by one of the largest, has been put together by one of the largest charities. And also it's actually supported by the Australian government. So this is just simply amazing. There's new rules coming out for cryptocurrencies all the time. And it's not even half a year has passed since Facebook unveiled Libra. 
but the tax giant's foray into finance has been met with steady stream of doubts and questions. One of the reasons a lot of people don't realize is that the actual central banks, they run the world, and there's a real opportunity here, or there's a real concern here. These cryptocurrencies could actually almost make central banks defunct. I mean, I don't know if you've got tap and go, uh, on your card, that facility on my MasterCard or Visa card. I can remember standing in queues on a Friday afternoon when I had to go down to the bank in, in Sydney to get the pay packets for all the staff that worked for us. And I'd be standing in a line of 25, 30 people on a Friday afternoon waiting. You know, this is like something like about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon and trying to get all the pay out so I can go back and pay the people working for us in the office or the sales guys, their commissions. And I'd come back with thousands of dollars in cash, give it to my PA. She would then put it in envelopes and, and hand it out with it slips. Well, all that's gone. I mean, that, that just doesn't happen anymore. I haven't been into a bank. As a matter of fact, I haven't used it as far as a payment form, I would say, for maybe three years. If not, yeah, I'm sure it's three years since, or maybe three or four years since I wrote out my last check. Uh, everything now is done through, I either do it through PayPal, I do it through, and I'm sure everybody listening to the same, Facebook, I beg your pardon, through um, Visa or through MasterCard. You just simply do uh, it digital. That's, I've become digital. So if I've become digital at 68 years of age, our younger generation who have just been growing up with digital all the way through, their parents give them a card now so which with a limited amount of money on it so they can pay for to go to the movies. All those sorts of things. There's no more cash circulating. So less cash circulating means basically more opportunities for uh, digital platforms to actually have cryptocurrencies. And I think it's just going to be simply future of, of transactions. And, and one of the reasons I'm talking about it today is that I just want to quote this professor from China, that we, the statement I got today, which was absolutely incredible. It said, regard, this is a Deng Jiangpeng, a professor of Central University of Finance and Economics in Beijing. And he said, regardless of whether Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook's Libra coin ends up thwarted by regulators, Facebook has set something unstoppable in motion. Facebook, though the first to open this Pandora's box, he said, once this box has been opened, if it isn't issued or doesn't succeed, that's talking about Zuckerberg's coin, there will definitely be another company that issues one or that succeeds in the end. So it's not something that the governments can stop. It's something that's definitely going to hit. And if the whole of China, the Chinese government, basically has a cryptocurrency and starts operating like that, well, then the rest of the world will be following as well. So there's amazing things happening with, with the transfer of funds around the world at the present time. The Chinese leaders, they have will have an alternative. SWIFT, which SWIFT is the international transfer of banking and Western-dominated messaging network that helps money move across the borders and between banks. That's what SWIFT is. So whenever you go down to transfer money to Vanuatu, you have to have a SWIFT account number for the bank, and that SWIFT account number might be for the National Bank of Vanuatu or for the South Pacific Bank or for ANZ Bank in Vanuatu. We also have the French Bank called Bread Bank over there as well. They all have their SWIFT account. And most people who are transferring money understand what a SWIFT account is all about. So the next thing now is plastic. The next thing now is a cryptocurrency 
for transferring funds immediately. And of course, this is the other thing. When I transfer money now to Vanuatu for payments for wages or whatever, or payments for community requirements, the, sometimes it can take two or three or four days before it shows up in the bank account. Well, with cryptocurrencies, it's immediate. So if I did something today with a cryptocurrency payment, it would be immediately in the other account. There is no delay. So the delays, it means the world is working faster. But here's some most interesting figures that blew me away from the article that I was reading about the, the, the payment. Chinese consumers for years have been paying everything with their phones. The country's two dominant mobile payment services are Alipay and WeChat Pay. Now, they've become pillars of the Chinese economy. Alipay says it processes many years. Listen to this, 256,000 payments per second. By comparison, Visa says it can handle 65,000 per second. Libra, promising which is Zuckerberg's cryptocurrency, is promising to do 1,000 per second, at least at the start. Can you imagine that? 256,000 payments per second. Well, how many seconds in a minute, how many minutes in an hour, how many hours in a day? Can you just multiply that out? It's absolutely unbelievable. So what I'm trying to say to you is, is that this is the future that actually appears to be coming our way, and we're now going to talk about what's been happening in Vanuatu which uh, Lance and I will talk to you about almost immediately. Lance, what's your feeling on all of it? Well, I think clearly, as you've said, it's not if cryptocurrency becomes a big medium of exchange, it's when. And all that remains to be seen is when the dust settles, which one is on top. It certainly seems that crypto is the new big thing as far as a medium of exchange goes. And indeed, in Vanuatu, it's been going on, as you flagged at the beginning of the podcast, Richard, it's been going on for a little while and with some pretty uh, impressive backers. For example, one of the big charities is involved and is the Australian government. Yes, Oxfam is actually trialling what they call a stable coin for disaster response in Vanuatu. In fact, uh, it's the world's first, the Oxfam International Charity is calling it stable coin. It's, of course, it's obviously one of the most respected charities in the world, but it's partnered with Australian tech startup and Ethereum to roll this out, this aid project. It's also the, they call it the Unblock Cash Program, and it's also supported by the Australian government. I like that, Unblock Cash Program. So basically, stablecoin is being used as a game changer that ensures that help can be provided quickly and transparently to those who need it most. So what they've done is in the area of Pango Beach is an area just south of, of the city of Port Villa. I mean, it's only like a $1.50 bus ride. It's what, maybe five kilometres max and maybe seven kilometres at the max. And it's been basically used a simple requirement for overcoming natural disasters and how, what a wonderful thing that happens. Basically, if we were to have a tsunami or a cyclone or whatever, more than 10% of the population struggle buying less than $2 a day in Vanuatu. So 200 residents in the village of Pango, Mali, on the island of Afade, were provided with app and pay cards containing about 4,000 bar to each, which is about $50. The cards were linked to an Ethereum address credited by Oxfam with $50 worth of what they call a stable coin. And 34 vendors, including shops, schools, were provided with Android smartphones, allowing them to accept payments with a simple tap of the card on the phone. So this, this actually blew me out of the water, to be frank with you, Lance, because you've got the, one of the, the largest, most successful tech company in the world, Facebook, arguably. You've got 
one of the largest nations in the world with the biggest population, China, with 1.4 billion people. And here we have 34 vendors, including shops and schools in the little village of Pango, are accepting payments. And the Ethereum, uh, which is one of the largest cryptocurrencies, like there's Bitcoin, Ethereum, there's a few others, but Ethereum would be number two in the world. And the vendors can either redeem their crypto, uh, which is called Die for Cash, from the central area or free to exchange them elsewhere if they can find a lower transaction fee. So obviously you have to pay a small fee when you do a transaction. So this is basically the world's first charity stable coin aid in the world has been done in Vanuatu. So this is not a one-off pilot. They believe that using stable coin will allow the unbanked to access finance completely and change the way aid runs throughout the world. So Oxfam is one of the biggest names you can find. You put all these people together, China, Facebook, Oxfam, and then the two nations, Vanuatu nations. I mean, it's just unbelievable how change has come and is coming so quickly for the way we're going to be doing business in the future, not only in Vanuatu, but basically it's already happening there, but the rest of the world. Now, I know we've got Bartercard, we've got um, Bitcoin in Australia and people are doing business or whatever, but to actually have it right the way down to 34 vendors in a small village or a small area such as Vanuatu using cryptocurrency or a cryptocurrency backed by Oxfam and the Australian government, Ethereum, is just without doubt mind-blowing. Mind, I just can't believe that this has actually happened and so close to where we are. So Vanuatu again, Lance, is actually leading the way. Unbelievable. For Vanuatu is just an unbelievable opportunity for people to get involved in all sorts of different businesses. We have an article on our allaboutvanuatu.com website which talks about this source of the material that we're talking about at the moment. It's interesting that that article outlines the complications and difficulties that Oxfam had faced in the past with giving aid in other ways like giving food or giving money, the various problems associated with that, they just evaporate when they use this system of having stored value in a card instead of taking an hour to set somebody up because they've got to check the ID and go to a bank. Well, that's been cut down to six minutes. Yes, it's amazing. Clearly, the whole thing is far more efficient than the systems that have been trialled or been used in the past. As you say, it's pretty mind-blowing that a small country like ours, like Vanuatu, is leading the, the way for the whole world in something like this. Well, that's great. Well, the thing is, of course, quite frankly, Vanuatu, I mean, look, we've just had the cyclone hit Japan. It was only several months ago we had the, the cyclone and, and tornadoes in Hong Kong. We also had them uh, in China. We also had them in America, Florida, and all those sorts of areas, the Caribbean, whatever it happens to be. These natural disasters can happen absolutely anywhere in the world. But now we have a situation that in Vanuatu, the people will be able to get access to, to buy food and immediate access to charities uh, to buy everything that they require to survive in, in tough times. I just wanted to, our listeners to know that we're absolutely blown away by all of this. This is the future of the world and it's all coming out of Vanuatu as well as, as the testing ground for it. So that's our podcast for the week, Lance. Thanks for your time this morning, but I really felt that we should talk about this because this absolutely in my mind is going to be the future of investing. It's going to, people are going to be investing in cryptocurrencies, 
more and more and more uh, and we'll be providing some more information in the very near future about what we're doing with cryptocurrencies as well. So Lance, thanks for your time this morning and as always, if you're interested in talking to us about investing in Danaway, I can be reached on country code 61 417 or if you're locally, 0417 And Lance can be contacted on on Vanuatu, that's plus six seven eight five four six four triple one. Brings our podcast to a conclusion, Richard, and thank you for listening, everybody. We look forward to seeing you next time, and that's a wrap for our podcast today. 